Hello, friends. Konnichiwa, and welcome to Banter Podcast. This podcast is a conversational experience that starts off with your usual buffoonery, if you will, and then we let it organically grow into something deeper and much more meaningful. You know, we get to challenge each other's insights and perspectives, share stories, all that good stuff. So lock it up, let your hair down, and get your beaks wet, because we're going places. Poof. I'd gotten into the most fights ever in my life in elementary school. Like, I'd literally just bully kids. Oh, you're that kid. Just totally insecure kid that's like, it's black or white. It's like, hey, if you, like, touch me, I'm just punching you. That's what my dad actually taught me back in the day, because that's all he knew. Swing on sight, baby. Yeah. I remember getting just, I remember a lot of them. I don't remember all of them, but I remember each altercation. I remember I kicked a girl in the in the cooch once. <laughs> This girl, I think her name was Caitlin, and I remember this stuff. I was so present for it because I, I remember what shoes I was wearing. I remember how it felt on my on my shoelaces. Caitlin, if you're listening, I'm sorry for this man. Caitlin, I'm not sorry. <laughs> and if you do that again, you already know what's gonna happen. Kick her right in the passe. Yeah, it made this sound. It was like a. It's like you know, it's like you're fluffing a pillow, when you pat your pillow. That's like what it poop. sounded like. Like a. Like a yeah. She was wearing this blue so jumpsuit. as we'll get. Yeah, it was right in the yard. I saw, I went to this. Uh, so she could safely say her milkshake kind of yeah. <laughs> brought her, brought you to her yard, right? Yeah, if, I was going to say, if it was like an animated cartoon, you would have seen her like levitate a little bit, <laughs> like boop, just lift off the ground. Lifted like spirits. Super Mario kick. Lifted spirits yeah. seven. Yeah, that was... Uh, because uh, I think she was like she was a hefty one. She always had fruit punch mouth as well. Why did you kick her in the pussy? So, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I know that's such a good question. Like, I mean, if if you're just joining right now, and you're just jumping into this this podcast, and you just heard Nate ask me why I kicked <laughs> a four year old girl in the vagina. You, this happened when I was you were, four as you were well. Four. Yeah, I, this didn't happen okay. last week at the don't get it twisted, store. people. Um, so I was the only Asian kid. I was actually one of two Asian kids in my school growing up in Thornhill, which is uh, it's like 30, maybe 20 minutes north, central north of downtown Toronto. It's a very, um, at the time, it was a very white and I think Jewish um, community that I lived in. And I was literally like the only Filipino kid in the class. There was another Korean kid. I think his name was David. Super quiet. Uh, and I was the only kid with, I was like the smallest kid, and I had a mullet and a leather jacket <laughs> in Thornhill. This really waspy it's community. Recipe. Yes, total recipe. And, you know, girls would always yank my mullet. Um, you know, this one kid, Mario, draped me up against the wall once. And I, like, I went home crying. And then my mom and my dad were, like, so angry because they were like, fucking no one, don't take shit from anyone. Yep. You know what I mean? So this is she not was the different. This way. Oh, I started going off on a tangent. So let's get back to this girl, um, freaking Caitlin. Um, yeah, she had fruit punch mouth every single day, and she was wearing this blue jumpsuit. And I remember this day for sure. She t- fully had the fruit punch mouth. No surprise there. And I think we were all playing like some sort of soccer game. And she kicked the ball, and then I like I went to go kick the ball, and then she grabbed me and like tried to like shake me by the collar like Jeez. try to bully me because she was big she was like that big bone? she was pretty rotund yeah. for like a four year old sheesh girl but um 
Anyway, she was wearing this weird jumpsuit and made her look like a Care Bear. It was like a blue and white jumpsuit. I'm like, first of all, now I look back, I'm like, who would dress their child in this thing? <laughs> Maybe she deserved a kick in the cooch. <laughs> anyway, so she roughed me up and I just, you know, my, my reaction to that point, at that point to anything was if someone's laying their hands on you, just, you know, react, either punch them or kick them in the, in the crotch. Because I think my parents were trying to prep me knowing that I was growing up in that school like that. So I'd get bullied or people would try to bully me and I was the smallest kid. So it's either don't take shit or you're just going to be bullied all the time. So we chose the, you know, the earth, the first option. But anyway, she tried to rough me up and I just pushed her away and like made space and poof. Opportunity. Yeah. She full, full out shoelaces to the cooch. Oof. Um, what, but it, wait, 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 what kind of shoes were you wearing? I think I was wearing like, uh, I no, I wasn't wearing the Jordans because I remember when we went to Buffalo to get the Air Jordans. Oh, did you? I wasn't wearing those though. I think I was wearing like these Velcro Reebok shoes. pumps. No, I, I've never got Reebok pumps. I always wanted them. Yeah, never got them. I got the Oshkosh version. Oh shit! I remember Oshkosh. <laughs> I still have gosh. Them. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. overalls from Oshkosh. Yeah, same. Damn, Oshkosh is dope. Yeah. Are they still around? I heard they they might revive. I I don't think they're around right now. Oh, I no. feel like denim companies are kind of making a resurgence. You know, like Jordash from like the 70s or the 80s. No. I think 80s actually. So Jordash, they were starting to make a comeback. And the reason I know this is because I was following a design studio and they tried to do the rebrand. I don't think they won uh, the business of the rebrand, but Jordash was a pretty big brand, kind of like Benetton back in the day or Esprit. Remember those? They're oh, like straight up with an I at the uh, end? Yeah, with an e, but it started with an E and yeah. had like lines and like they're always really colorful. But yeah, no, a lot of those pretty, 80s brands are, one. yeah, a lot of those 80s brands are starting to make a resurgence. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, I saw the Jordash like logo and then they had these, these different iterations and proposals of um, like identities and graphic marks and stuff like that. Um, and then I checked out their account because like, holy shit, I haven't seen this brand name in forever. And uh, they actually have like a new brand kind of look and feel, like really beautiful models and stuff like that. Mm. So uh, we'll Shit. see. I don't know. Kind of like an American apparel type of a look too. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's good positioning for this brand. But um, I don't even know like how um, brands, like clothing line brands, even succeed nowadays. Like yeah. without like a famous cosign. Like yeah, what the fuck. Well, and when I say famous that. cosign, I'm also talking about like the fashionista Instagram um, influencers that they have to pay to put their shit on. Because I think that's like the main channel right now. Like influencers? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably a good way to reach your audience. But I, I don't know too much about that. You probably have a better, you know, mm. grasp on that than I do because I don't follow the fashion thing anymore. Mm-hmm. Um and there's always like I know the game is always changing, so who knows? I don't know. If any any one of our listeners can weigh in on this, feel free to hit us up. You can come on the show and expand. Come on the show. Come on the show. Jump out of cake. Say what's up. Caitlin, come on the show. Caitlin, shout out to Caitlin wherever you are. I hope there's still ice on your. <laughs> so, see so the icing. Now I was gonna say I hope you're still icing it. Oh shit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so terrible. Like I don't. She was probably just like a really athletic, sports competitive girl, and I just hoofed her. So we're all growing here, you know. 
What was that? Uh, that one sport with the the heavy ball, dodgeball, shot put. Oh, shot put. She definitely played shot put. Yeah, bro. she was like trench bull from Matilda. Have you seen Matilda? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a sick movie. Agatha Trench Bull. Dude, you remember um, um, Jeff's movie Minute Minute Minute? Shit. Nah, nah, nah. Uh, Little Rascals. The of course, redo. Yeah. Like I used the, to watch the old ones with my mom. Yeah, like rent the, the classics. The videos. But the redo, that was like my favorite movie as a kid. Such a good movie. Yeah. There's like a little bit of everything for a kid. Yeah. There's like the race at the end. There's like a little bit of a romance with Darla. Yeah, with Darla, the cutie little Alfalfa. sandwiches. Yeah. Alfalfa was such a cuck. Yeah. Those are great child <laughs> actors, by the way. Yeah, they're they were really actually good. really good. Like they're, Dude. And then you, they did like a... Um, a fast forward to where they are now. Oh, similar right. to Sandlot. Sandlot, they brought back yes. everybody too. Sandlot Another great movie, so good. Have you yeah. have you ever seen the movie The Big Green? Uh, the Big Green it was a soccer movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as popular. No, that was such a good movie. I think I want to watch that again. Um, the Big Green. There was also what Hardball with Keanu Reeves. These yeah, kids in Chicago and the projects. That's one of my favorite kid movies, like with sports. Yeah. Uh, Sandlot, of course, Rookie of the Year. Ah, oh, damn. I guess these, I'm like dating myself right now, but <laughs> Rookie of the Year was like 91, 92 or something like that. Yeah, I was one. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. You were one year old. It's all good. Angels in the Outfield. Mm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Danny Glover, Dude, and Tony fucking this is why. This is why we have to disconnect with movies, because like... Yeah, you know what? I feel like it's weird. I have to go... But it's a good thing. No, it's yeah. a good thing from for you and me because you can educate me on these movies and I can watch them and I can kind of catch up in life yeah well you know what though I feel like I used to think that that was like that would fulfill me as to get to educate my friends and like my family and like maybe not family but like my my girlfriends to be like hey like this movies yeah my like my girlfriends from before oh every time in my life like either like my ex or whatever or or Jenna my fiance now Sometimes she'll be on board with it, like, "Oh yeah, this is I love this movie from the the eighties and the early nineties from your childhood." <laughs> yeah. But sometimes, you know, sometimes she'll be like, "Oh, like yeah, it's all right," and I'm like, "What, dude? I How hate you know, you? that feeling when you're really passionate about something, yeah, and it's not reciprocated." Yeah. Ah, uh, that's a it, it's equivalent to being kicked in the dick. Yeah, from behind. In the pussy. Yeah. From behind. I feel like a Caitlyn when that happens. Yeah. It like sucks, a, but it's like you can't really do much about it. It's just like yeah. you got to move on from it. Just like, oh, okay, it wasn't, it wasn't that special to you. Yeah, but you don't want to get like an emotional about it, even though it's an emotional thing. Yeah, it's hard because we're, I guess, like everyone's, every human is more or less a, an emotional creature. Yeah, and then we tend to self-project a lot of the time. So when we're like trying to, it kind of relates to like relationships too, and like expectations and. I'll even go here. Codependency, people. Because it's such an ugly word. Codependency. But anybody that follows like those, um, you know, holistic and psychological kind of Instagram accounts about like self-care and self-awareness, that word is thrown a lot around a lot and used a lot um, because I think words these days are like, um, are being reframed to not be like weaponized anymore they're, they're more for kind of like enablers or tools to kind of understand coping mechanisms and stuff like that yeah so going back to like um codependency if you know i'm in an argument with my fiance or and we're arguing and maybe we're say for instance we're going through couples therapy or something and then the therapist says well it seems like both of you are codependent but jeff you're more codependent on your fiance 
instantly I would have my, I'd dig my heels in and say, what do you mean I'm codependent? You know, because no one likes the idea of dependency on someone because everyone thinks they're independent. But then emotional codependency, from what I'm starting to learn, is it comes in so many smaller, different shapes and forms and habits. Um, but anyway, that's like for a different episode, I think. Sure. Unless you want to get into that. We're but. getting into it right now, bro. <laughs> this is how banter goes. Yeah. I mean, how did this start? We were talking about like movies. But I think you and I actually had this conversation before about like when we were kids, sleep sleepovers. Mm. It's like my cousin Mike, um, every time he'd come and sleep over at my place, which was very often, I would get so mad that he'd fall asleep so early. Yeah. So I would like just try to fuck with him in his sleep and I would always fuck with him and I'd literally just entertain myself you know drawing on his face putting stickers all over his yep. body he'd wake up just demolished fuck yeah <laughs> I was the same way baby um, but that's like yeah it kind of goes back to the same idea of like when someone doesn't feel the same way or doesn't want to mm. do the same thing you want to do like you can't really fully expect everyone to be on board but yeah no it's a know, good point yeah I don't know. I wonder, I'm, I'm sure a lot of our listeners um, probably can can relate. Hopefully, I fucking hated going to sleepovers, and there's this fucking kid, Owen. Fucking always Owen. fell asleep. There's he always was an a, Owen. He was a year younger than us. How dare him, Owen? And he was in our grade because mm-hmm. he's so fucking smart. He's really into Harry Potter and shit. Shouts to fucking Owen. I saw him like I don't know, like five years ago, randomly on a fucking blog. Anyways. This fucking kid would go to bed at like 9 p.m. on a Friday at a fucking sleepover. Like, what are you fucking doing, bro? And what sucked about it is that he would host the sleepovers because he had like six or fucking seven siblings. So, like, there was always like space. The fuck is that? Hang on. Feel that? Oh. Like a mini earthquake. Anyways. Um... Yeah, and fucking, he'd be the first one to pass out all the time. So, when that happens, first thing we do... Shaving cream. Shaving cream, toothpaste mustaches. Catch up. Dicks get thrown right on the forehead. Gross. (laughs) Fingers in his butt. (laughs) Making out with him in his sleep. I meant dicks get... I meant dicks get drawn on his forehead. Let me... Let me Dicks get that. Touching the lips. <laughs> Fucking eight years old. <laughs> so Nathan, we're gonna submit this to the um, the authorities. Government uh, of Ontario, please give us that grant um, so we can get a proper studio going it's here. End up on global news. We can get some mic stands or some shit. Shout out to Owen. <laughs> yeah. Um, Owen and favors. Yeah, I was known um, by his mother as the devil's child because it's amazing. Around like twelve, like I. Kick in around 11.30 p.m., you know, 12 a.m. That's when I'd really start ruffling some feathers. Nice. Everyone would be asleep, and we were, we'd were we be in, um, we'd sleep in, like, the basement, and it was kind of like the toy room area. So he had, like, a bunch of, like, little brothers and sisters that, like, I'll never forget there's this big-ass fucking Hulk Hogan doll. It was a fucking <laughs> rubber doll. It was, like, fucking two those. feet. Yeah. Heavy as shit. I just grabbed that, I whipped it in the air, and like, if it lands, it lands. Yep. Sure enough, hits Owen, and he had a higher voice. This is when people's voices were changing. Yeah. And all yours, ow! 
like that. And it woke up his mom because his mom was on on the, the main floor, or whatever. Yeah, she's like, Owen. Yeah, mother knows her son's <laughs> scream. That's for sure. Oh man, little little screech there. So like she would, you'd hear her stomping, and that was my cue to pretend I was sleeping. And then everybody else is like half asleep, and the lights go on. Like, what's going on? And Owen's like crying and shit. I'm like laughing. At his own like, sleepover. You can see me like, like just fucking crying with laughter but it's like that pillow laugh where you can't yeah. fucking you see your body moving yeah yeah and it got like to the point where i think they started not inviting me to sleepovers but before that her his mom actually she was so tired from going back and forth that she ended up she's like i'm not going to sleep until all of you are asleep and i never fell asleep so she i woke up at 7 a.m and i see her sleeping on the staircase oh. i took and now, now that I think about it, I want to apologize to her because it's like, man, you're working like two jobs and you had to oversee all these kids and it was your Friday night and you end up falling, you're sleeping on a staircase in your basement. I'm so sorry for that, <laughs> but not sorry for throwing that Hulk doll or those marbles or those Transformers or anything well, else that was a sharp, heavy object. You fall asleep too early, that's your ass. Well, that's right. You're also being kids too. And if you're a... Yeah, that's tough. You know, yeah, mom trying to deal with all the, these kids. Yeah, that's kind of like just I, thinking about that I now. Think man. about that now. Oof. Like when I have kids, and they're like trying to sleep over at our house, like shit's going down. Mm-hmm. You know, someone's gonna. I remember, I love pranking people. Yeah, even till this day, I'm like I'm 35 years old. I love pranking people. Um, Jen and I were just talking yesterday. She was like, I remember, you know, like every time we talk about. Um, working together at the restaurant and we've worked at like two different restaurants together but everyone has memories of me and they tell jenna this but they remember as me as just like being fun to work with because i'm always fucking around um i'm getting worked on obviously like you know at the serving job but it's like you know i've invented like the best pranks that i don't know if people still do it i don't know if you want to give these gems away bro exactly i'm not going to give these gems away i'll just give one away that i've seen somewhere else and it offended me because it was at a different restaurant we didn't know these people i'm like who did you work with who do you know because jen and i were having dinner one night at a restaurant i don't even remember which which restaurant this was but um so i think the server was talking to us and then some guy that she worked with is like another server maybe he was trying to flirt with her or whatever i'm not sure but he came up behind her and subtly interrupted her while she was talking to us and said hey like happy birthday and walked away and most people would be like, oh, it's your birthday. Happy birthday. And then the server would be all flustered because it's not really her birthday. That's my shit. Yeah. You just dig him in the hole. Yeah. You don't bury him. That's it. That's my shit. So I was like, oh, I'm not falling for that. And then she was started to like blush a little bit. And then, you know, you can tell he almost got her. But I'm like, bro, amateur. Oof. I got the gems, but I'm not going to give them away. And if we have any listeners that know me, that have worked with me, you know, you know what's up. If you know, never you forget. Know. Um, one quick, one li- quick little anecdote that I have to tell you guys because it just brings me so much joy. That I was walking by. Uh, this is at a point where I hadn't had, I hadn't worked with this person in over two years at a restaurant. But I was walking by close to Union Station. There's a restaurant that had a patio, super jammed during the summertime, always bumping, full of like visitors to Toronto and all that. So I see this girl, um, I'm just going to say her name, Rachel, our friend Rachel. She's 
you know, I don't know where she's working now, but she was working as a server. I hadn't seen her in about two years. I used to prank her all the time, along with other people at work. She's serving this nice family. You could tell they're from out of town, but there are about six of them. You know, they look like they're probably from Oakville or Michigan or fucking Calgary or something. Nice, wholesome family. And I walk by, like, she hasn't seen me in, like, two years, right? I'm going to stress that again. She hasn't seen me in two years. Just a normal day, a lunch shift, where she's trying to make money. And I walk by, I'm like, oh, my God. I had this inclination to just prank her. It was like I was working all over again. Sister, you're getting haunted by the Jeff. Jeff pranks. So I walk by, I'm like, hey, Rachel. And then she like looked up. And she's like, oh, hey, how are you? You know, and her ta- like her table's like mid-order. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, oh, hey. And she's like trying not to be too distracted and not to be rude to take these people's orders, right? So I'm like, hey, awesome. I heard you were in jail. Congrats on getting out. And then I walked and I walked away. And I literally, I was by myself, and that brought me so much joy, and I went around the corner and started, like, fucking laughing like I was, like, in elementary school, just by myself. It's fucking great. And then I, like, I looked at her after, and she was explaining to them, and they were kind of like, oh, oh what? God. Like, that shit brings me joy. So, anybody that's a server or that likes to fuck around at work, you're welcome. Pull yeah. that on one of your coworkers. See what happens. Yeah, man. I think serving, like, when you get comfortable because there's that time where you're getting used to like the menu and how things are done but once you're able to game the system you start like you're fucking especially if you're creative your mind starts wondering like what the fuck else can i get away with you have to yeah yeah just to like entertain yourself and that's when you get into realms of like pranking people or doing like ridiculous shit yeah yeah it's fun not everyone i mean it's not for everyone some people really didn't like it and Hey, that's fine. But I mean, I'm gonna be doing my thing. Oh yeah, it was. You need um, listen. You need whether it's an office, a restaurant, wherever the fuck it is. You need somebody like Jeff <laughs> to ruffle me. some feathers here and there, yeah. and have that dynamic. If you don't have the fucking dynamic, your job's gonna be fucking miserable. Well, that's very nice of you. Thank you very much, friend. Boom. <laughs> Hire me. <laughs> Hire me, 2020. I consult. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's uh, I have to just tell one more other story because this, this is the one that Jenna tells even her new friends when I'm there trying to explain how much of a prankster I am. Um, my friend Sam, she was a closing server and pretty much um, whoever was trying to leave for the night has to get her, her signature or her sign off and say that like they've done all their side duties and then she has to sign them out, right? That's pretty typical of how, how restaurants work uh, when there's a closing server that stays on and everyone gets to go home. So they're taking the remaining tables, blah, blah, blah. So she got sat two new tables. And in this restaurant, it's a big open concept. And she, her section was the booth. Everyone is trying to go, go home. And so there's this big giant vase um, like around the corner. And it's, when I say big giant vase, it's like literally three feet tall and like the circumference of this thing is like the size of maybe like a garbage can like a a city garbage not a city garbage can but like a a kitchen garbage can like a round garbage can anyway um so this plastic empty i mean glass empty vase so it's got a bit of weight to it so she's greeting this table this new table that comes in and uh she's talking to them and i catch her at the right time and she's like okay well can we start off with some drinks or something like that and she's taking her drink orders and right away i walk over to her with this big green glass vase 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 i see 
Do I say vase or vase? Vase or vase, people. I say vase. Vase. I say, we'll, we'll stick with vase. So I walk over and I have this vase in my hand. She's not looking at me because she knows what's coming. And I literally hand her the vase and she takes it without breaking eye contact with the table. And I literally was just like, oh, here, management wants you to have this just for a second. And I walked by and she's like, I, I like walked away and then she's got this big vase under her arm while trying to take this order for this table. Jeez. <laughs> and then she's literally trying not to crack up. And uh, I don't know, again, I love, I love to relive these things because I don't know, what's the whole purpose of these stories? Maybe I think, um, dude, that's a great story. Um, for me, thinking about how rigid and how tense, how intense... Um, a serving job can be or like yeah. how serious you're supposed to conduct yourself true whether it's in a restaurant or any other environment you're expected to conduct yourself a certain way as an adult not joke around so putting people in those predicaments where it has a little it's playful right I think is fun because they they either really see the joy in it or they're even more serious than before yeah and either option is just funny. I don't know. I don't know about you, but it's funny to me. Yeah, either I way. agree. I agree. And people won't always see it the same, and that's yeah. understandable too. But yeah. I think it's it is important, especially these days. To if that is important to you, like you know, to someone like you and me, um, or anybody listening, if if fun and laughter is a big part of what you want to do every day for work, that's something you have to look into when you're looking for a job. I mean, it, you don't have to, but I think that it does make a huge difference in your happiness at work of course um, like workplace culture and you don't necessarily have to go and like ask that in interviews like hey can i fuck with all the staff can i mess around but like obviously you have to earn your spot you have to earn your way in and and do your job well mm-hmm. but like there's always rooms to be room to be creative for stuff like that when you're when you have like when you've earned the respect of your coworkers, right i think that's that's when you're a little more comfortable and you can kind of get away with certain things. It's not like you you go in, right, and and you're tr- like trying to be funny. And it's like your first week and say, like, yo, this guy's a dick. Who does this guy yeah. think he is? Or like a try hard. they don't really know yeah. who you are. So I've seen I've seen the downfall of a few people try that shit. And it's just yeah. like, dude, you're just being an asshole. Like, yeah. take a step back. Authenticity is uh, a big thing, too. Like, yeah. I mean, people can read through bullshit sometimes, most yep. of the times. Um and it also depends, I guess it does depend to an extent on what type of a workplace you're like if you're working at a mortuary. Like, a mortuary? Yeah, like Is that a like a morgue? Kinda like a like a funeral home, I think. Okay. Why don't you just say funeral home? I don't what's know. A mortuary? mortuary just is the first thing that came to mind. Okay. Mortuary, I don't know. Guys, what's a mortuary? I just it's fun to say. It say mortuary. It's very fun. It sounds like a, a metal band. Mortuary. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so like say if you're working at like a funeral home or like a, yeah, I don't know, yeah, it, you might be a little bit limited on what, how how much you can play around, yeah, yep, and then that might um, draw up some legal issues too. Oh yeah, for so, sure, for sure. I don't know. Take Why are good. all these people sleeping so early? Yeah. <laughs> Start kicking everybody like, wake the fuck up, <laughs> drawing mustaches cream. <laughs> oh, it's fucked up. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> couple of new listeners gained couple of new listeners lost hey, it's the balance the yin and yang it's a natural selection of yeah, listeners um, but we do have a topic today you know that was a good portion of the banter yeah 
Um, so Nate, do you want to introduce the topic or do you want to just get into it? We're here to talk about, I guess, our tattoos and kind of open up because I don't think I've really, I don't really try to explain my tattoos to anybody unless they like really ask or I'm in a situation where I'm like, I can sit down and explain. I'm really, it's really hard for me to explain, um, or generalize my tattoos because all my shit's kind of like personal, but I know I have friends that have fucking tattoos that they did on their leg just for fun. And there's like, that's it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess to kind of also add on to that or kind of, um, yeah, I guess add on to that is like, we're going to just explain, um, why we got these tattoos that we have like the two of us and i think this would actually help with some visual aids so if you guys are interested we can add some like picture links in the show notes or like you can send nudes yeah we can send nudes no but like i think it does help for visual aid when we're actually talking about these things so we'll put something together that you know if we have any photos um existing or lying around that shows these tattoos of ours and you know if you guys are interested in seeing it to try to put two and two together we're more than happy to um to to add the links to those um just to kind of help you guys get a visual but yeah we just really wanted to um talk about our tattoos today and you know whether they have meaning whether or not they don't or you know the life stages that we were in at the time when we got them and what they mean what they meant to us then and what they mean to us now Yeah, yeah i think it's interesting um the notion or like that intent of a tattoo to that person and it being on your skin being especially if it's in a place that's um exposed and i i've had people like complain like people are like tied up they're like oh my god this person's always asking me about this tattoo it's like you're kind of well, signing up for that yeah if you're not I mean, covering you're putting it, it up, on your like, skin and you're showing so it's it. interesting when it's like this like i don't want to talk about this thing but it's it's there so yeah. you kind of have to carry yourself in a different way, um, whether it's, well, you don't have to. It's just like, I find it interesting that um, people are like surprised that they get specific reactions yeah. and just seeing how popular tattoos are now versus even five years ago. True. It's fucking crazy. It's the, the culture is crazy, but yeah. I feel like everyone's getting a sleeve these days everyone dude when we were at um taste of dundas west or whatever it was like the summer festival food festival where they shut down in the summertime yeah oh this year yeah or uh, last year a couple blocks or whatever yeah um bro there were more people fucking sleeves than without sleeves <laughs> yeah that's like, what crazy. the fuck that's nuts it's it's a great time to be a tattoo artist i guess i don't uh, know yeah I guess we can also touch briefly on kind of like my experience of uh, having tattoos um, while I was living in Korea for a year because tattoos are actually pretty frowned upon there. And if you're a tattoo artist in Korea, you're actually working illegally. So like they don't Mm. legally allow um, tattoos um, as a profession. That's Um, interesting. Is that, does that correlate with japan too or is japan less i think they're different but they're i think they stem off the same type of cultural um beliefs Hmm. so um you know they associate um tattoos with being in a gang uh, because of the rich history of the yakuza from japan and like the violent history i think they want to shed themselves of that so if you go to the japanese onsens 
uh, like the hot springs and the bathhouses, they don't actually, they still, to my understanding, they still actually don't let you in there with tattoos. Um, but in Korea, it's a lot more lenient, but it's still very, it's not very welcome at all. I got tons of looks. Um, etiquette is entirely different there, but we can even save that for a different podcast or we can get, or it, get we into can it organically. direct yeah. them to your wonderful YouTube video. Oh yeah, I have Boom. a YouTube video of it, but it was pretty early in my, uh, it was like the first week of me being in Korea, just kind of like my first sights, first thoughts and first observations of being a tattooed guy in the summertime wearing sleeveless shirts um, and paired with, you know, um, just being a darker skin type of Asian and, you know, just being kind of an outlier there uh, in all different types of ways. But yeah, feel free. I mean, I can add um, that YouTube video in the show notes as well if you guys are interested. But uh, I think we should focus on kind of our stories for these tattoos because I feel like we can cover a lot of ground. Cover, cover a lot of skin too. Yeah, we can cover a lot of skin. Well, Shit, do we want to go anyway. through like our first tattoo? Sure. Yeah, we can recent? go chrono- chronologically if you want. Let's start with you, man, because I think you started getting tattoos earlier than I did. Shit, I had the opportunity to get tattoos. I think when um, high school, I was allowed. My mom told me she's like, "Yeah, get, what, get oh, so whatever you, had you want." Yeah. So and like, what like age, for me, you know? was that what? Do you know what age? Do you remember what age you were when I got my first yeah. tattoo? I was, uh, I think, eighteen or nineteen. Okay. Yeah. It's like um, high school though, but like just. What's that? I, in high school, I didn't have any tattoos. Oh, I thought you were saying high school. You were allowed. No, I was allowed to get them. Oh, okay. But, but you I didn't. didn't. Get any. Yeah. Oh, got it. Okay. Purposely. Got it. <laughs> because yeah, I knowing me, I would have got. I don't know. I, I, I wasn't, um, I was very picky to like my ideas. And at that time in my life, I didn't have many ideas and I didn't want to get something that was like trendy. Probably smart. And I yeah. wanted like a decent artist. Um, and I didn't know what style I wanted. So <clears throat> I waited, uh, yeah, till I was like, I think I was 18 or 19 and I got my wrist done. What do you have on your wrists? Um, so on my left wrist, it says justice. And then on my right, it says integrity. Right. Um, I get a lot of people asking me what they say because they're like in a specific, like cursive writing. So usually I'll fuck with people and I'll say, oh, these are my two ex-girlfriends. Um, (laughs) Justine and and Ingrid. So I usually get a few laughs out of that, but, um, for justice and integrity, I just, uh, they're my first tattoos, just, um, at the, at that time and still like to this day, I'm very big on, uh, both words, like justice to me, um, in terms of, I don't even know, just, it's justice to me, there's not a lot of gray area, it's either black or white, and, I just always wanted to be a person that was fair um, in a lot of different senses. So I got these both tatted towards me instead of outwards so other people can read them. And a lot of people ask me why I did that. It's like, because it's for, for me. You, yeah. And so, they're yeah. just like reminders, like integrity being, this is more like family focused um, and just always maintaining who you are as a person obviously you can evolve and all that but 
your foundation of what you stand for should always remain true. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to get these instead of getting like I could have got like loyalty or other other words like that that are um, that hold something to me. But these were like more unique. I didn't really I'm big on like uniqueness, too. So I didn't want to get something everybody else got. Yeah. So, yeah, those were my first. And I think at the time, I think my mom got a tattoo the same day as me by uh, my boy Sean, Sean Mirage. Shouts to Sean. I forget his handle, but yeah, he's still tattooing. He was an apprentice at that time, and now he's like, he's pretty good now. He's really good. So he gave those tattoos to you? Yes, sir. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can we can plug him in the um, in the show notes, yeah, too. Yeah, man. So, yeah, so that was my first. So those you got those in the at the same time? Yes. The, the wrists. So the left. Yeah. Justice, right, integrity. Yep. Um, you you want to do it this way, so you want to go one. Uh, so one you to explain one. them, and then I'll, I'll explain mine too. Yeah, show, I mean, you have you probably have more tattoos than I do, but um, I show you mine, you show me yours, man. <laughs> it's a rise against song. Um. Okay, so it's also a sexual innuendo. Yeah. True. Um. <laughs> okay, so my first one actually, my first tattoo. Uh, was on is on my right forearm, um, and it was done by Tara Zepp at uh, New Tribe Tattoo at Queen and John or Queen and Peter, the old Much Music Building. It is now a Queen Street Warehouse bar. Oh, it's just right on top there. I think the, yeah. the shop's still around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess long story shorter for this one is my mom was actually getting tattoos, so. My mom actually got tattoos before I did. Dude, same to, here. Yeah, so she went to go get her wrists tattooed that day, and I just went to go to go with her. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. I, I'm close to my mom. So she went to go, and I think it was a walk-in. So she went to go get her wrists. I think she had faith and love tattooed on her, on her wrists, just because she's like such a sweet woman, and those are her beliefs and kind of, you know, approaches to a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I that's mean, dope. Yeah, I didn't know just, that. Yeah, she's very, uh, you know, very simple like that. So uh, she got those tattoos, and then I think she got uh, my initials and my sister's initials uh, on her as well. Um, and I think that was somewhat recent. Like I think from when her and my dad were separating, and it was you know means for her to kind of like do something a little bit more permanent and kind of make a statement and kind of for her to fortify herself. I think that's kind of a lot of the reasons. Uh, sometimes why some people choose to get tattoos it's like a a stamp in their life to maybe like a a certain point or a turning point um but yeah so anyway um I went with her to go get them and I was like fuck I don't have any tattoos so I literally came up with an idea um they let me use the computer at New Tribe to choose a font and I was like what do I want I'm like what do I like what am I about and I'm like you know I was I was like maybe I don't even know how old I was um so I was like, yeah, I'm all about my family. So how what can sound like really cool? So I was like, well, family, strength. What gives me strength? I'm like, family is fortitude. Family is my fortitude. So I was like, now that I think about it, I'm like, maybe I could have just dropped the my and like family is fortitude. I think that would have been cooler. But hey, it's a tattoo. I'm stuck with it. But um, yeah, so it that was my first tattoo on my right forearm, just close to the ditch of my elbow. Uh, I've, I got it done in script. And um, I wouldn't say it's the most legible, um, but it's an interesting script font, and mm-hmm. I still dig it. It was a, a like a memorable time, and I think at the time, 
um, I really thought the girl that was tattooing me was very hot at the time. Um, you wanna you wanna plug her? Um, I don't know what her Instagram is. <laughs> um, I know, but uh, I think her yeah her name is Tara Zep. She was like super punk rock. She's probably still out there. Yeah, she's probably still out there. She's like hardcore like punk rock, death metal type of a chick. It's to she's the grave, bad. baby. Yeah, so she tattooed me and my mom the same day. Oh, sick. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's weird that both our first tattoo stories with our moms are with our moms. That's right. Real men get tattoos with their moms. <gasps> yeah, that's crazy. All right, um, man. What's your second? Uh, my second, my dude. I think it's actually my chest piece or my collar. I, have, I thought uh, it was your ankles. No, was it my ankles? Nah, my ankles were after. Didn't I you think. get those with Jeremy? Yeah. Was that before or yeah. after? No, I, I know you, man. Oh, that shit. Was, yeah, it was your ankles. It's my ankles. It's yeah. Good. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, okay. I know you more than you. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. Um, yeah, I got my ankles done. Like on the front, right? Yeah, it was this dope artist. Um, I forget his name. But he's not the best at script. Like, the script isn't that good. I don't know. I just have a thing with script. So, yeah, I got the front of my ankles. Um the right one says drug and the left one says free for drug free because I'm straight edge um, and um, my friend at the time Jeremy also got the same um, same script same words because he's also straight edge um, so that was kind of like a bond that we had mm-hmm. um, so yeah it's pretty straightforward um, shout out to Jeremy yeah yeah uh, I'm like I became friends with Jeremy Jeremy too after, mm-hmm. um, and he's very tatted up now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's doing his thing. Maybe we should plug Jeremy because I actually got a uh, massage done from him. And he's he's good. He's over at the Young and Eglinton area. Natural hands, man. That's it. Fast hands, Jeremy. <laughs> so we'll plug Jeremy actually. Yeah, that's gonna be a long list of plugs. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm happy to, man. Jeremy's dope. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, on that. No. That's that's pretty much it. It's very straightforward. I just right. um. A lot of straight edge tattoos are kind of corny or whack to me. So, but yeah, it's definitely like before anybody, it's for yourself. Uh, but for you to be able to share that moment with somebody who has a similar belief system to you, um, I thought that was pretty dope. Word. Yeah. What's uh What's your second? Um. Okay, so tattoo number two for me came at a time when I was like, what, 20, 28, I think. Um, and it was my neck tattoo. So this is probably the, the more bold tattoo in terms of placement and risk, um, I would say, because I did it very just totally spontaneously. And... Um, yeah, I didn't put too much planning into it. Like I maybe thought of it for a week until I actually got it. But it was at the time where I had broken up with my ex-girlfriend of like four years, I think. And that was like the first and only serious relationship that I've actually ever been in. So I'm a late bloomer. So I was like 28. First serious relationship I got into was like when I was like 24, 25. Um, So we broke up. We had, you know, we went through a lot of stuff together. And it was a good relationship for the most part. But... That shit had to come to an end, and obviously I'm glad that it did, but um, we ended on good terms, but it was like one of those turning points in my life where I didn't feel, it was a realization for me, it was a self-reclamation point, because 
the whole time in my relationship, we were both still growing, but I feel like um, I couldn't fully be me. And maybe she could, she, you know, I'm sure she felt the same way. Um, for, and for, you know, the last year, I think we were trying to force fit it um, to stay together. And um, yeah, anyway, but so I was kind of going through the, I guess like, like a grief stage, a grief stage of just kind of like dealing with it and like realizing that there's just, like shit's just new you know like it's not the mm. same as it has been for the past three and a half four years and we were pretty serious too we had you know we adopted a dog together which who, who's mine now you know i have baxter yeah but we were both living at my mom's place at the time so she was close to my family and um so it was a heavy hit for me it was probably one of the heavier hits that i've taken at the time or you know that far in my life because mm. you're so, isolated like you set like separating that um yeah connection kind of yeah. like throws you in like this whirlwind of like who are you right. as a person at that moment exactly and i think it was at such a time where um that throughout our relationship we've experienced things too like i got to know her family very personally i've never had that before i've never actually grown close to another family on my terms you know it's always been like you know family friends or whatever but um it was just one of those uh it was like a first for for me at least right you know she's been in serious relationships before but that was a first for me. And um, I think, yeah, it was like a shell of, of, of myself and I was also still learning about what was really important to me. So um, to kind of short, shorten that up, it's like um, when we broke up, I wanted to do something a little bit more freeing and liberating and just a little bit rebellious, actually a lot rebellious. So I ended up just driving downtown one day and um, I think I was by myself. Yeah, no, I was definitely by myself. And I was like, fuck this. Like, I just want to go do something that no one can even get mad at me for. Because the last couple of years, you know, of in that relationship, it was a lot of us disagreeing with decisions that we were making, right? So we were totally not made for each other, which is pretty evident at the time. So, and I feel like a lot of people can relate to this from breakups or long-term relationships. You start to become like one unit, right? You know, especially when you're younger, right? You're, like you're trying to, you're always just codependent on each other because you don't know anything else, right? You're just trying to dedicate um, who you are to the other person, and along with that, you lose a lot of yourself as a you know younger or more inexperienced person. So, um, anyway, I wanted to do something rebellious and freeing, and something that's almost kind of like a somewhat of a spiteful thing, but not towards the person, just to like that oppressed feeling that I had yeah. for the past two or three years, right? So I was like, fuck this. I want to get a tattoo again. And um, I was like, where's like a spot that it's like, it kind of suits me. And I've already been thinking of the word that I wanted to get. And so basically just to kind of bring it back to actually like context. So I have the word redefine um, in script on my neck, on the left side of my neck, just above like the... The collarbone so it's it's not like high up on the neck but it's it's definitely visible when i'm wearing a t-shirt but it's um it creeps out a little bit um but it's still semi-visible when i'm wearing like a collared shirt and i did that purposely in terms of placement because i wanted to at least be able to hide it if i felt a little bit con like self-conscious about it for certain you know job opportunities or going through fucking customs or something like that. I was just going to ask about that. Yeah, like, I mean, it is it is a risky place, and, like, you know, not a lot of people commit to getting a neck tattoo. Like, not a lot of, um, you know, I would say maybe average people. 
um, get a neck tattoo. And I, at that point, I was like, you know, freeing myself. So I was like, I'm not fucking average. I'm like, I'm weird. I like to stand out. I'm fucking different. I've grew up different, you know. So anyway, that's uh, where I chose. Even the, the guy, the artist, he was just like, are you sure? He's like, do you have a career yet? What about when you go through customs? What about your parents? What about your family? And he was like really grilling me. And I was like, at first, I was like, dude, fuck off. And then, and then I was thinking, I was like, you know what? This guy's doing his job. Yeah. You know, he's been yeah, around the block, I'm sure. Because a lot yeah. of artists won't. Totally. He wasn't just chasing a buck. So shout out to that guy, whoever he was at New Tribe. We'll plug him. Yeah, we'll plug New Tribe. <laughs> and um, yeah, so anyway, uh, he actually got some other girl to do the, the tattoo, like the work. Um, because... Uh, I think the initial guy that I went to, which is my, the guy who did my next hat, my sleeve, um, he turned me down because his gun was too heavy. He's like, yeah, my gun will just rip your neck, neck Jesus. skin apart. And I was like, yeah, okay, well I'll go somewhere else. But anyway, yeah, so I got that done and it was free and I don't regret it one bit. Like it is a, like a pretty bold place to have a tattoo. And even my sister now, she'll like crack joke she's like hey you got a fucking neck tattoo you know that i'm like hey, she's whatever. hard she's yeah. hard i love that but shit. the only thing is sometimes when i have like a shaved head and i'm really tanned in the summertime like i literally look like a fucking Cartel hispanic member. gangster from like prison <laughs> yeah. and uh that's not always what i want to convey but oh prison boy yeah so i smile a little bit extra these days yeah in the summertime but um hey whatever i i still like i love it because i should actually just quickly just describe what the word redefines to, redefine means to me because my whole life I've been learning how to look at things in a different way and you know I've been told by um, people that gotten to know me that like actually value their opinions they, they've mentioned to me a few times that, that I like to drum to my own beat and like you know whatever that meant is just kind of like I'm always just going to do my thing you know like I'm not trying to fit in so much I'll, I'll I have similarities to a lot of other people and I'll, I know how to fit in and assimilate to different things but I really like to have a different edge and stand out and I think that's just a part of always who, uh, it's always been a part of who I am and part of probably who I always will be you know it gives me that a, a sense of taste and style that um, not everyone can pull off and I'm, I'm okay to say that now confidently but so oh, yeah. redefine was a thing like I know how to redefine a situation I know how to redefine a certain style or an outfit or even like a you know, a sense of mood or personality. So, um, anyway, it's Redef Jeff. Redef Jeff. That's my personal account. And yep. if you try to follow me, depending on who you are, maybe and we can connect on Instagram. Because <laughs> I get it's that so was my salesy. first original account, <laughs> and like I had the I have the most random people trying to add me on there, like but like bots too. So, oh, is your shit uh, public? I, know, I, I changed it to private a long yeah. time ago. But I see. Anyway, our our banter cast is public and if you're not following us you should b-n-t-r <clears throat> i'm dying b-n-t-r dot c-a-s-t plug 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 on the gram gram so what's your uh second oh wait so no it's your turn third tattoo third tattoo would be my chest piece um <laughs> i remember i got this like a day or two before we presented our final racines project our final oh, yeah design project at our design school um i forget the i forget all my artist names but she was i looked her up specifically for script because she was like one of the best so um, your first three tattoo sets or first two three tattoo sessions were script tattoos yeah yep. yeah okay yeah so i knew i wanted script i was very 
picky about the type of script. It took me like a couple months to find um, this artist. I just remember her. She gave me this sticker. It says um, goodtattoos.com or something. So I think <laughs> that's like her site. Subliminal, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she was awesome. Uh, the words I got are me against the world. Tupac. And yeah, a lot of people think it's from Tupac. And I'll even like, they'll, like they'll be fan. like, oh, it sounds like something. Like, yeah, it's probably Tupac. But for me, um, at that time when I got it, it was actually a band called Legia, or Legia, and they're like a like a metalcore band from I think Boston or something. Anyways, they have uh, this one song. I think it's called "I'm Sorry You're Ugly" or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just about like shitty people, and um, yeah. In one part of the song, he just like shouts out "Me against the world," and that like always like struck me. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's. Um, like, I just resonated with, like, not just that line, but the whole song in general, because I've always kind of felt that way. It's uh, obviously it's like a cliche thing because it's probably mad motherfuckers that have this shit now. But, um, yeah, it meant a lot to me to, uh, like, get that done. And it looked fucking dope. I was happy with it. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, it's definitely... Uh, at that time, it's like the most painful, like right in between like the the um, the pack and like the armpit and like the sternum. Because if you're ever getting like a chest piece, watch out because that shit is spicy. Yeah. Spice city, man. I've heard the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my third one. Right. What so was your third one? Me Against the World is Nate's third one. My third one. Uh, was my sleeve actually and that was maybe four sessions and it's actually not complete but it's pretty close it's at like 90% uh, but it's been at 90% for the past five years it's loading four years um, yeah it was a sleeve and uh, um, yeah I got it it's um, it has more of an art artistic significance to me it's something I actually wanted since high school um, and that idea of having a sleeve a colored Japanese sleeve from the Edo period kind of like a I guess like a horimono style sleeve um, I've always wanted it since um, one of my favorite fighters at the time Tiago Alves um, Brazilian um, UFC fighter at the time from Florida um, and I saw him like he had a sleeve and I was like that's the shit that I want and I'm like the way it looks like even the color composition with the green and the black and a little bit of red highlights and all that and some yellows for the for the scales. I mean, he has different content on there, but I was like, okay, that's the look that I want to go for. And I obviously want to get that jacked, but we'll see. We'll see about that. That's a work in progress. Um, but yeah, so I wanted that for a while. And then um, yeah, I just made the choice one day to just like start sessions on it. And I shopped around. I made an appointment and a deposit, a $100 deposit at the Chronic Inc. with Tony at the time. Um, yeah, so I went to Pacific Mall. I think you actually came with me. Did I? Maybe, yeah. Maybe. I think Nate came with me. We went to Pacific Mall. I made a deposit. And, yeah, he was like, he didn't give me a sketch. He's like, we just freestyle here, and like we'll just kind of do the artwork, and it'll be good. And I'm like, I, I don't doubt that your work is good, because... You know, Chronic Inc. I mean, they're blowing up now, and like they're yeah, even back unqu- then they were unquestionably amazing yeah. artists, yeah. right? 
and Tony was the guy. I think at the time, the, the two best guys at the time were Tony and Tristan. Yeah, they still... Yeah, so Tony sorry. was there, and you know he had pretty <clears throat> expensive rates, and that, that was kind of a, a selling point for me, too, the rates, man. I was a student at the time. But um, so anyway, time went by. I think eight months after I made the deposit, because it just took a while, because I didn't have money. I was working and going to school. Um, I, for some reason, I got more curious and started shop around for other for other artists, um, just out of the blue because I didn't. It wasn't the idea of him freestyling on my arm for a sleeve didn't sit with me very well. And me being artistic, I wanted to have a say in what's going on my arm. Because initially, when I met up with Tony from Chronic Ink, I said, you know, I want this, I want this, and this. And I'm like, he's, like, you know, I don't know if that really makes sense historically. And, you know, I, I kind of saw his point, but then I, I wanted a second opinion for this. So I ended up researching and I found Daniel Innes uh, from Pearl Harbor Gift Shop, which is at Kensington Market. And um, so I dropped him a visit and then, yeah, he actually agreed with me. He's actually been to Japan a few times at the time and he was he was known for doing the style of Japanese tattoo art that I really wanted. So I was like, oh, this guy looks promising. And his rates were better than, or, you know, cheaper than Tony's. Um, but like the work is actually was a lot more aligned with what I wanted. So I ended up just going with him instead. And I just ate, I ate, I bit the, I bit the bullet on the hundred dollar deposit that I left with Tony and started sessions with Daniel. And, um, yeah, I remember this was the most painful shit for me though, the Mm -hmm. line work. And, um, I think my skin reacted a, a weird way because the gun was so heavy and I don't know, till this day, sometimes when I get like, um, either stressed or a little extra hot like my tattoo lines get raised in my in my sleeve because yeah. those are really thick lines but anyway i get lots of compliments e- even till this day even though it's not completed but yeah so that tattoo was completely art based um and for you know for cool factor but that one didn't have so much significance to my life um that you know most people would want a tattoo for but hey fuck it i'm so happy about it i still get compliments on it till this day and yeah that was what's my... it consist of okay yeah so paint, just to explain paint the visual for, for the, sure yeah. to paint a picture for for you fine folks it's a full um japanese horimono um uh style sleeve uh on my left arm and i was actually really adamant that um the cap uh i think the wind the wind bars um kind of cap off um where my shoulder and my pec separates so it's more like uh kind of like armor shoulder armor I, I wanted to make sure it was like deep on my shoulders um rather than like i've seen sleeves before and they ended kind of like high like away on the deltoid like on the shoulder so it looks like it was almost unfinished so i wanted this one to like really cap my shoulder blades and like my my actual deltoids in my shoulders so it looked kind of like armor um and uh, so it consists of a Japanese, like a samurai, fighting off a dragon. Um, so the dragon is an, a very imperial um, um, symbol in Japanese culture, of course. I wanted something with scales just for the visual effect, but I didn't want a koi fish. So we had decided on a dragon, and it, it worked out that way really well. And of course, the elements. But uh, yeah, I wanted the art, the, the idea of like um, almost like an epic battle happening. You know whether the the reference was you know um, a warrior 
you know, fighting his own demons or fighting something that's almost mythological. You can't really, it's, you don't know if it's really real, but there's something going on that he's battling. And I feel like that was like a, a, sim, a symbolic reference of just what I probably knew that I was going to go through in life in different ways and stuff. So I guess that's kind of why I wanted that kind of scene. And we, we worked together on it. Like he, you know, I said, I wanted this to happen and he made it happen. So I'm really glad that I went with Daniel and I'd love to get tattooed by him again or get him to finish this one. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's still, he's still <clears throat> kicking. So yeah, that's sick. Yeah. How about you, man? What's your number three or four? <clears throat> um, or number four. I think it's my sleeve, man. Oh shit. Sleevey boy. See, I think we, we don't have, you might have more tattoos than me. I don't know. Same but, man. um, yeah, my sleeve, <laughs> I was slowly kind of chipping away at like creating like a scene. Um, <clears throat> I know I wanted um, kind of like neo-traditional Japanese, which Chronic Ink does really good work at. So I decided to go there and it was actually um, my boy Patrick um, who did the work. He was actually Tony's apprentice. Oh, damn. I believe. Um, yeah, I think so. And, uh, yeah, so it consists of, um, the main thing I wanted was the, the bowl, um, which is like, uh, a symbol for me, it was a symbol of grounding, um, kind of like calm before the storm, uh, not easily provoked, but can be. So that was something, uh, I kind of admired a lot of a bull, especially like in um, like bullfighting, is this whole uh, idea of avoiding this like this powerful um, sentient being. So I was always very interested in the bull, and like if it does catch you, you get fucked up. So like playing with danger. Yeah, playing with danger. So I, I definitely wanted that incorporated in the sleeve, and um, the second. Uh, major element of it was a phoenix uh i chose a phoenix because um like the aesthetics are, are cool now but i found it interesting that there can only be one phoenix living at a time so there's a level of uniqueness to the phoenix and the way i have it positioned is it's kind of uh flying upwards or taking off upwards to show like ascension or progression or moving on um are always aspiring to go to a higher limit so that's the phoenix and then um i worked with patrick on like filling in with other ideas so i have a peony um in the inner bicep area can you uh, explain to people what a peony is i don't know too much about the peonies it's um, a flower it yeah. is yeah it's a flower sorry i should have fucking said that yeah, no, uh originally i wanted like roses incorporated but it would clash with the theme and the traditional aspects of a Japanese tattoo. Right. Um, so even down down to the bowl, like it doesn't have the traditional horns you'd see on like the Chicago Bulls logo where they like curve up. These horns actually curve outwards. And um, yeah, there's like cherry blossoms um, going around, uh, like lots of wind elements happening. Um, what else is there? And then I have a, a Hanya mask at uh, on my forearm, 
or the rear side of my arm. And this was actually the last piece uh, we worked on getting done. Um, and I really like the positioning of it and it actually works out because the honey mask represents um, deception as well as uh, kind of like ill intent. Perfect for speed dating guys. Yes, 100%. Yeah. So I like where it's positioned because it's kind of um, behind the bull uh, and the bull's moving forward or charging forward and kind of pushing um, those negative elements away. So I got the honey mask actually like cracking and shit. Um, nice. And it's kind of like yeah, perishing. So yeah, that's dope. Yeah, it's whole a whole play actually on um, like the word integrity, which was my first... I had left this part out um, of uh, the theme of integrity. And uh, when I sat down during the consultation with Patrick, we're talking about like themes or ideas or um, animals that represented like a strong moral foundation. Um, So, yeah, that's kind of how it panned out. I'm really happy with it. I think it was about uh, eight, seven or eight, eight hour sessions. It was fucking, it was hell. So seven or eight, seven or eight, eight hour sessions, eight hour sessions. Yeah. Seven or eight separate hour sessions. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't pleasant, but it was worth it. Do, uh, can you share any tips for people looking to get a sleeve? Because a sleeve is people getting a sleeve tattoo or a big piece tattoo, um, it's pretty stressful. It's stressful on your body and it's, you know, it is traumatic on your skin. Yep. So like, I mean, I'm sure you can do your research on like, on how to prepare for a big tattoo, but shit does hurt. A lot of people have different ideas. I think the main thing obviously is eating and, um, like your blood sugar being good because, uh, what do you mean by that? Like blood sugar being good. If your blood sugar is low, you have a higher risk of like almost passing out um, because essentially like you're being cut open and you're bleeding and um, the actual like uh, blood flow on wherever you're getting tattooed, it can affect your nervous system too. True. And like your breathing and all these different other things. And shows out to downtown, so how, you hear the fucking horns, you know, you know where we be at, where we be at. How do you, I mean, how do you, how would you make sure your blood sugar is good? Just like eating properly? Uh, yeah, just like having like fruits um, in the morning or like a shake uh, or just like like a regular like meal or breakfast in the morning. Just as long as you eat before. Now, my thing where I found out um, where a lot of tattoo artists suggest is like after you take a break. So I wanted to get as much done as possible so I didn't like taking breaks so I think the longest I sat for was like seven hours or like six and a half hours and he's like okay uh, go get something to eat and then come back and to me it was it was kind of shitty because like I would get something to eat and I'd feel really tired afterwards and I have to come back to fucking hell of this guy going over the same lines and shit it was just like the worst it was the absolute like worst for yeah. a sleeve like that lasts like two hours if you take that break and you actually eat something for me personally I kind of um 
shut down. Like I was like really tired. I didn't want it, a fucking needle going in me again. So yeah, I, I wouldn't personally eat and I stopped eating after that and I would just eat directly after the tattoo. Very but, important to eat after I think. Cause yeah. And I having like tea, like they would offer you like tea or water, like during, what? I never during it, that. um, preparing music, like having playlists or having uh showed Sir Patrick his uh he had his iPad so I'd watch Netflix or whatever or we'd just talk about shit get just to get your Patrick. mind off it because it's um like a long session, a long tattoo session, it's you're dealing with pain and you're somewhat isolated. Like you're depending on your environment, if it's private or if it's like kind of open concept as chronic ink is um you have to mentally prepare um for like the pain (laughs) and just like sitting there with like there's there are areas that are more painful than others and there's other areas that are just really annoying so you kind of have to go into like a meditative state to get through it Definitely, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, that was a lot. It was more painful than I expected it to be, and it was a different type of pain that I've never felt before. Yeah. So it's like I'm anybody not that trying says to scare people away from getting a tattoo, yeah. but it's like if you're getting a sleeve or a big piece, um, obviously do your research. But like, just know that it does hurt. Yeah. Like, anybody saying a tattoo doesn't hurt, they one they probably got a shitty fucking tattoo that's probably faded, and two it probably somewhat hurt or was at least annoying like it's not just chill well yeah you're a human being you know like okay so and this kind of brings us into our the our most recent tattoos so we actually got tattoos together at the same time uh and like sharing the kind of the meaning because when we met we met in design school and uh we took a course um a typography 101 course and a lot of history was being introduced to us and one of the things that we always remembered um, was learning about the first ever graphic symbol of a letter form, which was Aleph, which is, I think it's a Hebrew slash Phoenician hieroglyphic, I yep. think, if that's right. Yep. And uh, it's it originally represented an ox um, mm-hmm. for like a, a, a source of food, you know, as in hieroglyphics. So we would see that in the caves and such. And these are coming from like old artifacts and scriptures and things like that. So, um, yeah, so we learned that and we're like, oh, that's pretty dope. But um, basically it's been modified over the years and it eventually it turned into, I think, the letter A or like the first letter yep. of the alphabet. Yeah, it got rotated. So yeah. the Aleph looks like a the letter A, like a capital letter A or uppercase A. Or and a then K. it's rotated left. Yeah, rotated uh, like... Yeah, left. I don't know the degree, the number of degrees. degrees or, no, but like the uh, it also, know. and then it ends up looking like a K with like a, you know, like a, an overcompensating, um, crossbar point. It's like witchcraft. You know? Yeah, it, like I mean, it's very simplistic. It's got maybe, you know, three strokes at most. <coughs> um, but anyway, as any, as any man does, yeah, or has. So we we'll, we can you know you guys can see these in the links and we snap some flicks of this. But yeah, we both got them at the same time, same artist, uh, same night, and in the same places. So we got them on our index fingers, um, just below the the middle, uh, the further knuckle, 
Anyway, we'll take pictures and show you guys. I, I'm really rusty with my anatomy, but we, we got them on our trigger fingers. Like this is what we use as designers because Nate's a designer, I'm a designer. Mm. And we use our mouse a lot and we do use this finger a lot um, in everyday life and it kind of re, it, it kind of re-pours the idea back into why we placed it here and what we actually do Yeah. because um, there's symbology behind it. So. Yeah, like the whole, what's interesting about the index finger too is like try designing without pointing at something yeah so a point of reference so yeah it's like kinesthetic and it's also visual yeah so it's hands-on it's also you know definitely for um for optics too and i think that's that brings us to like that's it like i don't have any other tattoos i don't think I don't you have think any I other tattoos i mean there's still time i still want to get more tattoos oh, we were just talking about it but that's more. sorry Fuck. that's for uh that's for another day yep we got some things in the works um, but yeah, I don't know. I think we should probably close this out. Yeah. You, um, like a lot of, um, I don't tell people, I don't know about you, but I don't tell people about my tattoos. Like, so if I'm like, if I have a long sleeve on or whatever, and I like change to like, if I have a hoodie on, I take off the hoodie. Oh, you have a sleeve. Um, I don't really open up about like my tattoos to people. Unless so, you're asked. What's that? Unless you're asked or do you unless avoid I'm asked, it at all times? Usually, and in most cases, I like to actually, like, give a few minutes to my explanation instead right. of just, like, a general statement mm-hmm. about it. So, this episode you're listening to, it's the most open I've ever been with tattoos. Poof. So, I don't know about you, but... Um, I'm yeah. pretty open about them, but not all of them. I think I've get, I definitely get asked the most about my neck tattoo uh, and my sleeve, uh, especially when I was working as a server, because... Uh, was wearing a t-shirt and it was fully exposed mm. and i would get a lot of like um i would say what do you call them boomers <laughs> a lot of boomers <laughs> would ask me i guess like you know like an older generation would ask me about my tattoos some of them were kind of you could tell they were a little bit judging some of them were actually pretty open and cool about it maybe they're judging behind my back either way i felt like i didn't have to explain too much but just to kind of pander them a little bit i was just like oh yeah it's you know i come from an art background and it's something is you know I, I really respected the the Japanese, the early Edo period, and there's a lot of folklore behind it, so that's that or whatever. It's my life. Yeah, I was like, oh, so you know, um, when did your when did you get those jowls on your cheeks? <laughs> no, I mean, either way, I mean, whatever. It, it is, is what, what it, it is. It is. It's it is what it interesting is, now because like when we're old as fuck, what are what are those young kids gonna be doing, man? Who knows, man? But that's it's not gonna it's not not gonna happen. I don't know. I just know I'm going to be tatted up, old as shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm definitely going to start tattooing my legs, too. So. Yeah, I need to get the legs started. And, but, um, uh, anyway, get for some the... Neck, some neck stuff going. Yeah, we got some... You know, can't divulge lot of, lot everything Stay here. tuned for episode, the second episode of yeah. the Tatty Boys, man. Yeah, if, you, if so anybody listening, if you guys want to maybe... If you want to hear a little bit more on you know, tattoos and maybe... If you have any questions about it we can do like a part two of the episode but i think for now i think that we'll we'll chop it off here and kind of uh see what you guys think hopefully you enjoy um us sharing these experiences and um personal things with you guys uh, like yep, nate we said. surrender to you yeah like nate said like this is the most open he's ever been about his tattoos so this is pretty big big uh big news yeah Um, that's it man yeah so uh thanks for listening people if you have any questions comments or concerns stay tuned and listen to the end 
the end note, the end outro is what we call it. And always remember to wet your, your beak. beak. Alrighty, friends, comrades, pals. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast. If you dig the content and want to stay in tune with what we've got going on in our personal and very private lives, tough luck. Just kidding. You can certainly follow us on our Instagram page. The handle is at bntr.cast. Or don't. Do what you want. It's your life. Just saying. If you have a topic in mind or want to be a guest on the show, you know, come hang out, chop it up, jump out of a cake, shoot us a message at hello at createbanter.com. So thanks again, and we'll see you soon. Peace. Peace.